y'all what's good we back for you know another episode uh so if i remember correctly last episode i left y'all with said we're gonna be about producers because in my opinion producers don't get enough love you know you have jay dilla uh metro Boomin, you know i went a bunch of these uh producers that make fire beats and arguably carries a lot of songs today um but I still don't, don't necessarily get the flowers. Now, in more recent times, the instrumentals, pre beat production, all that stuff has sort of been put in the limelight, but just not always the case. If you look at hip-hop over the, you know, its conception, you have, you know, the boom-bat beat, which was the beat that almost everybody rapped on, very easy uh, to rap on it. All you have to do is just catch the boom-bat, and then, you know, do what you never need to do on the beat flow or not. You know, it got more and more technical, uh, to the point where now, you know, we have instrumentals, we have samples, um, people like Kanye, you know, it's this <laughs> controversial as Kanye is, you know, his beat production is immaculate. Now, I've heard the uh, conversation that, you know, um, Timberland and who knows someone else that um, this guy mentioned. But basically, it was a video, and he was like, yeah, you know, um, Kanye West is a horrible rapper and just an okay, oh, and just an okay producer, and that people like Pharrell and Timberland will produce circles around Kanye. Now, I, I'm not talking about, you know, his political views or anything. I'm talking strictly about his musical abilities or whatnot. Is that his production's A1. I don't think it's, it's very disingenuous just to discredit you know, what he has done in the past and what he somewhat continues to do now, but not as much. Uh, mainly in the past, because his the way this man finds instrumentals and um samples is immaculate. There are songs that I listen to, I'm like, hey, that's Kanye West, Kanye West sampled this. Hey, this is fire. You know, once you get the context of where a sample came from, then you sort of appreciate more where the producer comes from, because some of this stuff is hard to find out. Or find out, right? Same thing with a uh, Grandmaster Flash when you know that whole era came about. You know he's one of the first. Well, not one of the first. Was the first to, you know, get the uh, take a record and you know, do the scratch. You know he would put grooves in, into each record. You know so he could scratch effectively and like you know twist that formal way um, for the music to change how he wanted to, right? And it made it fire. From there, you know, people started to use it more and more. DJs started to do it, but it originally with him. And the reason, and again, the reason why I chose this topic because I don't think producers get that far, especially Jay Dillon. Jay Dillon, rest in peace, is, in my opinion, phenomenal, right? Probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, um, producers that there are in terms of like his ability to make a beat. I um, mean, his dedication to his craft. Um, from, you know, just watching interviews on him and, you know, his parents, you know, even, you know, his, his dying breath, uh, when he was in the hospital dying, he wanted his mom, brought him his equipment, and he made his last album before he died. That take dedication. And it would just be different if, you know, his beats weren't, like, that's what they are, because a lot of people use Daniel Beats. He, very popular, same thing, um... With Doom, Doom 
but actually he had two one of his other models was Metal Fingers. Uh Metal Fingers was, you know, his producer man. Whenever he would rap, he was MF Doom. Air quotes, MF Doom, and then when he made productions, you know, he was Metal Fingers. You know, you see all this throughout the special herbs cases, just his instrumentals that he made. Um Jay Dilla stuff, newbies, new, newbies, newbies. I, I I cannot say his name right, but for all my anime fans, you know who that is. The Samurai Champloo. He made a bunch of other songs too, but I think that's really what gained him notoriety within, at least for me. Because when I first heard Battle Cry, I'm like, hey, shit is fire. Who who made this? Right? And then, you know, I listened to uh, um, other projects that he made, and quality, just as important. Uh, or, or even better, um, not important. Jesus Christ. One take Drake. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. But um yeah, the, the quality of it is, is still phenomenal, right? And then you have um Metro Bullman, who I think is probably the man is coming up, right? He definitely deserves his flowers. Because every Metro Bullman beat I've heard has been absolutely fired. You know, it's, it's, it's more just technical because at this point now, being a producer is like it's all craft. It's almost like rapping, right? I think you can have two producers go head to head and play their beats and they be like, oh shit, you hear the way he put that snare in there, you hear that 808s, you hear that spider sound in there, right? Like, back in the day, you couldn't do that because everyone was using the same sort of boom bat beat. Um, there was some variation, obviously, not all the beats are the same, but they still had the same cadence thing, you know, sort of like rhythmic pattern to it, but now it's become a lot more technical and can potentially, if you wanted to, be its own genre of uh, hip-hop. And part of the reason why I, I, I bring this up is because I was having a conversation with my homeboy, um, or not a conversation, he sent me a video, basically, and um, it was this uh, dude saying that Biggie stole this other rapper's name, his song, um, and his flow. So, <clears throat> video alleges that there was this guy named uh, the Notorious Big One, or uh, Notorious One, something like that. Um, and, you know, Biggie found him. He took his name. He made a song called Juicy, uh, or maybe it wasn't called Juicy, but it had the Juicy beat, and he made it before Biggie, and then Biggie, um, took it, took the song and all that stuff and some of his uh, lyrics and all that stuff. Whether you believe it or not, it's up to you. Now, I've always been more of a Tupac fan, right, myself, just because I have more in common with Tupac. <laughs> Let me not say that. I, I relate more to Tupac than I do with Biggie. But the the I was explaining to um, my partner, you can fact check me on this, is that a lot of rappers don't own the beats in which they make the songs for. They leave them. So the way it works is that um, some rappers do just outright purchase the beat so that no one else has the rights to it or anything like that. But oftentimes, they were just leased. So a person will be able to lease the beat and they'll have exclusive rights to that beat for a certain amount of time. Um, and then, you know, once that time was up, they, you know, be free, free reign, right? Um, rappers could use that beat if they wanted to and all that stuff. They could, you know, producers could sell that beat again if they wanted to. But, and, and, um, that's, that's really, I think, what may have happened here in, in some cases, right? Like, I'm not going to say whether it's true or not that big of the other stuff, but what I will say is, you know, it's not a coincidence that that would happen because, you know, it happens, right? Um, there's a documentary <clears throat> or a video, it might not be a documentary, 
but Jay Z, he's in the booth, you know. Um, producer comes, he plays him a bunch of beats that he uh, was gonna use for Big Papa, right? And one of the beats that he was originally gonna use, um, he didn't end up picking, but he really liked it. It was the beat he almost chose, and that beat went to Ludacris. Ludacris liked the beat, he came, he got it, and he used it um, for the potion, right? If you ever heard the potion, uh, that beat was originally gonna be considered for the. Um, not Big Papa, Jesus Christ. Big Pimpin'. Why I say Big Papa? Because I'm talking about Biggie. But um, that shows, like, producers, um, they got most of the power when it comes to these songs, man. I mean, the lyrics, yeah, now, they become a lot more important on your lyrical prowess, and I think that's also a sign of the times because uh, <laughs> you look at him, and people always make parodies about um, hip-hop back in the day. They're like, I hit these suckers in the gut. I made it, yeah, yeah, right, like something like that, right? Um, it wasn't really like general, just like you know, flowing on the beat, which is fine and whatnot. But now, you know, people making double, triple entendres, you know, real G's moving silence like Lasagna, or which is a lie from Lil Wayne. But in my opinion, the one that still gets stuck in my head was I got I got through that sentence like a subject and a predicate because there's a lot going on with that. Not gonna break it down, um, but you know, it's fire, right? Like. That, that, to me, is more impressive. But anyway, back to the producers. Yeah, it's one of those things where I want these people to get their flowers. There's one, a few producers that I've been listening to. Um, there's one dude in particular called Camouflage Monk. Beats Fire reminds me, like, of, like, not, let me not say old school, but one of the, like, older for um, old school, not like the, you know, hippity hop type of rap that people, oh my Jesus Christ, I would never thought I would have used that to describe hip hop, but <laughs> not the hippity hop form of uh, rap, you know, like the Will Smith era rap and stuff like that, but more like, more like, like a Wu-Tang era, uh, maybe a little bit of Scarface, Ghostface, something like that, around that era, um, and to me, to me it's fire, um, and then there's another rapper who we can last for a long time. Um, I'm going to do an episode on those two specifically, um, just because he's the guy that I want to talk about, also rapping on the camouflage among me. Then you have, um, oh man, I can't, I can't remember his name. It was a producer. Uh, he made, um, so it's called the Beat Mixtape, and I forgot his name. I'm going to have to look it up on my Spotify. But that mixtape was fire. He actually got notarized, or I got, um, familiar with him because it was a TikTok or a Vine, one of those two. Uh, one of his songs was being used in the background. I'm like, hey, this shit fire. Let me go ahead and see. You know, he put a Spotify in there and I'll listen to the rest of it. You know, producers are definitely one of the um, most underrated uh, people when it comes to produ producing a song because, you know, without the beat, obviously some rappers, you know, acapella, but, you know, some rappers ain't got the, 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 the prowess to go acapella, right? Especially if there's are just people who um just tend to flow on the beat, right? Not those people who like actually say something, but someone who just like just sounds good on a beat. There are a lot of people like that, right? Rick Ross, for example. No, 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 don't don't get me wrong. Rick Ross does sometimes have some lyrical gems that he can drop, but for the most part, people listen to Rick Ross because he sounds good on a beat. Or, you know, Yeet or someone like that, right? I can't understand 90% of what Yeet is saying, but his beats are fire. His beats speak for him when it comes to rap songs. And that's crazy, right? You you wouldn't think that you know, an instrumental or a beat will have such an impact on um, 
the way a song turned out. T Pain, from what I understand, he he's one of the few rappers who um rapper slash singer. Sometimes he doesn't even like you know, he doesn't write anything down. Sometimes he just goes in the booth and starts uh, spitting. And I think he produces his own stuff, uh, which has become a lot more common. Jay, people like J. Cole and stuff like that produce their own beats to avoid the sort of um, legality issues when it comes to, like, leasing the beat. You know, if they want to be the only one to be synonymous with that song, they can do it. You know, that's why the ether beat has been used so, so many times, right? Especially when it came to beef. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a hop on ether and I'm going to rap on this, right? Like, I, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I don't think Nas owns the ether beat. He probably leased it and then, you know, um, people were able to go to that producer who made the beat and do the same thing. But, yeah, it's, it's, getting, it's getting real spooky out here with the, with the beats now because it's getting to a point where the beats are more technical than the rappers that are actually on them. And and that's astonishing to me, right? Like, an instrumental is, is, is more influential than the actual words coming out of someone's mouth. And, and that's insane to me. Like, my example, again, the Jeep, um, don't understand about the beat is fire. There's another rapper, um, I forget his name, but he, um, can't say anything. Not really saying anything you know, important or monumental or even coherent, but it's fire. There was a um, skit that Hobson did. Hobson is a rapper, um, if you don't know. Watch the Ill Mind of Hobson, by the way. Some of the best songs. In fact, that's how I got put on the Hobson, and then Funk Volume and all that stuff, right? Um, but he did a skit where he was, like, pretending to be a mumble rapper, and the beat was fire. He sounded good on it, and I, and I think that's the funny part, is that even though he was joking about, like, this is what hip-hop is going to be, it sounded good. You know, I think there's a difference between making a good song and a hit song versus, like, you know, making a a, a, a rap song, right? There is a difference. To make a good song, you don't necessarily have to say anything, right? You could just flow on the beat and sound nice on the beat. You can just say some shit on the beat, um, you know, and I'll be in the club. People go to the club, they'll dance to it, you know, um, example, you got people out here saying, my coochie pink, my booty hole, bro. like, come on now, like, what? <laughs> like, that, that, I mean, okay, I mean, we know that now, right? But that's not really like a hot song or anything like that. But it is a good song. It's a good song to play in the club. I will give it that, right? I, I tend to be one of those people where I put people, not people, I put those um songs into those categories. Like, you know, if I just want to, you know, turn up. I don't necessarily really care what the person's saying, but, you know, I still want to have a good time. I'll turn on something like that, right? You know, some Ice Spice. Not to say that I would necessarily turn on Ice Spice, but that's, you know, one of the people who you would like, you know, you want to turn up, you want to, you know, get ratchet, you know, throw some ass or something like that. If you're a girl, then, you know, you listen to Ice Spice, you listen to this stuff, and you have fun. Versus, you know, if you want to chill, you want to relax, you want to do something, you know, something else, you know, you, that might not be the type of music you want to listen to at that particular point in time. It's all about how you want to choose that perspective, right? And for me, I typically am one of those people who like to drive. You know, I drive everywhere if I can help it because I hate fucking public transportation. I will take it, but I don't like it. Uh, and with gas being more expensive now, then I'm going to have to start taking public transportation more. But I am very picky when it comes to what I play in my car because 
I play songs based on how I feel in that particular mood, right? So I have like, I don't know, roughly about five, seven thousand songs on my Spotify. Um, just in my um, in my liked playlist alone. That's not including any other playlist that I made that has different songs in it. Um, but I, I and every and every time I just shuffle through each song, you know, I let it play for a couple minutes. Well, no, not a couple minutes. I let it play for a couple seconds. Do not determine if I want to hear it or not. And I just keep going until I hear something that I want to listen to. And then that's, that process typically is what keeps going, right? Now, if I wanted to, I could just go on my um, on-repeat Spotify playlist and it'll play all the songs that, you know, universally I'll listen to. Like, well, if I'm a doom come, song, come on, I'm not going to skip it. Um, there's a song called The Morning Ritual. Um, if it come on, I'm not going to skip it, right? But... You know, then, you know, I don't end up listening to the same thing. I don't want to be that type of person. I, I like diversity in my listening, right? I listen to more than just hip-hop, you know, jazz, blues, more predominantly black people of color, black people music and whatnot. I listen to rock. Depending on who you ask, rock is black music, air quotes. And, um, you know, I don't listen to country. Country is one thing I can't I can't get with. Mm, not country. Yeah, I even listen to classical, right? A lot of Japanese music, a lot of anime music. But, and, and, you know, I, I just think that really part of it is, at least, especially when it comes to, like, foreign music and foreign, like, attempts at rap, it really is the instrumental that does it. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard, like, um you know, Japanese, Korean rappers or, or any of the other foreign rappers, but I can't understand a word that they're saying. But just the way it goes with the beat is fire. There was a song that got really popular um, I don't I forget when it was. It was a, a Japanese group, Chief Keep got on the song. Uh, it's called Ichima. And those the, the people were calling the guy at the end of the song that was um rapping. He's like, Oh, he's a Korean Chief Keith, he's a Japanese Chief Keith, or the Asian Chief Keith. And you know, you listen to the song, it's like, Oh, well, okay. This, this is actually kind of fire. Now, granted, unless you speak Japanese, you won't know what they're saying. But it sounds good on the beat itself. Beat selection is one of more one of the more important reasons when it comes to making a song why it's up there. A lot of rappers do tend to uh so unless you Kevin Gates, but we're not gonna talk about Kevin Gates. Unless you Kevin Gates, most people or most rappers will sit down, listen to a beat, and then try and figure out what it is they want to say. From what I understand, Kevin Gates doesn't do that. He writes his lyrics first and then he finds the beat for it. I don't know how I feel about that, but then again Kevin Gates is an anomaly to me. <laughs> Um, the real only thing, only reason I brought this up is because I uh, was listening to an interview that Kevin Gates was on, and he said that, man, that explains a lot. That explains that, that that right there explains a lot. You know, you don't make the song tailored around the beat; you make the beat tailored around the lyrics, which I, to me seems backwards because it just adds more work on the producer part. Because then, you know, the producer has to be the one to like pick out those syllables and, and when a uh you know when they have to like catch the K and the flows and stuff like that. And that becomes less on the rapper. So that's typically part of one of the things that like makes rappers unique is that they have to find a flow that matches the cadence and, you know, pace and, you know, eight oh eight and all that stuff of a beat while also not being too fast, too slow, uh trying to fit too many words. Uh, and one go just to try and make it fit. Then a lot of people who have been uh, 
guilty of that. Or, and, and, and one of the cases that I like is uh, when T-Pain, when he won Manson with Wisconsin, but instead of Wisconsin, he said Wisconsin, right? So that was kind of forced. I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide because Wisconsin was funny. It's fire. I like the song, right? But, um, yeah, that's my bit on producers. Um, a little bit more also was sprinkled in there, but I think really the importance of producers is highly understated, and no one really gives them their flowers until it's too late. You know, Jay Dilla, I like, you know, I got into Jay Dilla when I got into MF Doom because they made a bunch of songs together, made albums, music together, right? And to me, like, a lot of people weren't rocking with Jay Dilla until after he died, you know, and unfortunately, I'm not just like a producer thing, you know, he was one of the rare producers that that's happened to, but it normally happens to rappers, you know, they make music, you know, people don't necessarily like it while they're alive, and then, you know, uh, once they die, then everybody becomes a fan. Uh, Pop Smoke was one of the people I would think, from what I understand and from what I knew uh, from my experience, a lot of people weren't rocking with Pop Smoke while he was alive. Uh, or let me not say a lot of people weren't rocking with Pop Smoke, because that's me being a general, but I think a lot of people were off-put by his music just based off how he sounded in the music, right? His, his actual voice itself, right? Um, and before he died, I've never heard his song on the radio, right? That, that That's something that's, like, interesting to me. Like, before he died, I haven't heard his song on the radio. And at this point, I actually listened to the radio faithfully because I had Spotify, um, the free account. I had ads. I couldn't do it, right? I mean, you can't search up music if you have, like, the free Spotify. It, it was a big mess. So this is before I had Spotify free, I would just, you know, listen to the radio. And I would not hear a Pop Smoke song. And then once he died, that's all you hear. All right? Even now, he still got songs coming out that, that people listen to and turn out to. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's nice and all, but what was this when he was alive, right? You know, people deserve their flowers while they are here on this earth because it don't matter when they not. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I I just hate when that happens, y'all. I'm sorry. I, I, I tend I, I rambled a lot during that one, but you know, I'm I'm sure it's fine if y'all made it this far or whatnot. But, you know, um that also reminds me oddly um <laughs> about people getting their flowers. Um Metal Get Solid. Uh, get a remake, and I don't know about you all, but Metal Gear Solid was by itself, especially Snake Eater. That's the one I think that's getting the uh remake that was just enough, and I and I hope it doesn't come out this year. And I say that because my wallet is already hurting. Right, Street Fighter Six came out, uh, Spider Man Two was coming out, Mortal Kombat One is coming out, like. All this, Final Fantasy 16, all this stuff is coming out this year. And I just don't have the time or the money to put in these games like I wanted to. When Street Fighter 6 came out, I, I think I already have like five, seven thousand hours in that game. I've been playing that game religiously for a long time, for like a week. I finally just burned myself out on it. So, you know, I got to take a little bit of a break. You know, I downloaded Minecraft and just started building shit. It's actually kind of therapeutic. I like building shit in Minecraft, but if Metal Gear Solid comes out this year, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to, you know, find an extra job, find some, <laughs> find extra time or something like that, because Metal Gear Solid 2, I remember, 
uh, playing that game on my PS2. And then I had it on GameCube, too. Uh, my friend let me borrow it on GameCube, but I had it on PlayStation 2. And I remember going through there, the fights, Ocelot, and, and, and seeing that guy with the pistol, you know, doing all these pistol tricks and all that stuff, finding that old-ass man, that old-ass sniper, and then eventually finding out after playing the game again, you can kill him and not have to worry about it. Or you can just simply wait out the time and heal down the zone or whatnot. Uh, Metal Gear had a creative way for you to beat bosses, at least in two. Because I don't know any of the game that lets you kill the bosses before you fight them. Because you can do that with a few of the bosses, I think. But the most notable one is the end, which is, you know, that old, old sniper. And you have three ways to kill him. You can either kill him while he's being wheeled into the facility by blowing up a barrel. And, you know, you'll hear him whisper his name like, the end. And then he'll die. You can simply just wait long enough in game and he'll die of old age, which is fucking hilarious. Or, you know, you can actually go through the whole process of trying to, like, find him and shoot him and all that stuff. I'd rather just wait. Because if you ever try to, like, fight him straight up, you have to find him. Then, you know, he's gonna get away and blind you somewhere before then. You have to do all that shit over again in a forest, right? And he's a sniper. You have to find him. I'm, I'm not doing all that. So, I just chose to wait it out. Originally, what I did was I just blew up a barrel, and I didn't know it would kill him. I just figured, you know, I was just blowing up shit. <laughs> that, that, that was me. I was just blowing up shit, and then he died. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's good for me. If you are a gamer, this is a good year to be a gamer. Now, I don't know how the rest of this stuff is going to work. Simply because, like I said, there's a lot of games coming out. I'm not an Xbox fan, but I heard y'all eating too because Fable 3? 3? Is it Fable 3? Just get announced. But also, now that I think about it, there's a game I left out, which is Budokai Tenkaichi 4, which, I, again, I hope does not come out this year because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what my PS5 is going to do. I, like, I don't know what's going to happen because I'm getting all of these games. There's no discussion, but when will I have the time to play them? Like, especially since I think a lot of them are coming out, like, in a strain. They're coming out together, which is what's killing me, right? Because now, like, I just got, you know, I beat Street Fighter Six. Like I said, I went through the world tour mode. Um, I still have extra shit I have to do on there, like get to higher levels, fight people, stuff like that. Started doing arcades, started doing a few ranked matches. And I really, like I said, I got burned out. But that's not going to happen for long. I'm going to go back to it. And then, but it's going to be at the worst opportune time because, you know, knowing me, I'm going to go ahead and start playing the next thing you know. About a day or two later, you know, Final Fantasy 16 coming out. I was like, oh, well, time to get that. And if you've ever played a Final Fantasy game, you know you are going to be spending at least 70 hours beating that game. And that's, and that's assuming you don't want to do, like, the extra shit either, right? Because Final Fantasy VII, when I originally did, it took me a long-ass time to beat that game. And I wasn't even doing the side stuff. But I had to grind to to, to beat things, especially especially the, rep, the weapons. I hated the ruby weapon, the emerald weapon. All that was bullshit. And once I got that first L from the ruby weapon, I just couldn't let that slide. So I went, I grinded. I lost a lot of times. It took me a very long time to beat the Ruby weapon, but I did it. Same thing with Emerald weapon. I think Emerald weapon was worse, right? I, I just kept getting handed L's, and I couldn't in good conscience keep taking that. So I grinded, um, and, and I understand that, like, 
the weapons, I think, are optional. Some of them you have to fight. Some of them you just randomly run into, like a Pokemon. Um, that, that's, in fact, that's the first time that I actually fought the uh, Ruby weapon. Was I was flying around in the desert. I'm like, oh, what is this? Is this a ship I can go into? No, that's not what it was. It was a boss, and it flatlined me. It's like, boy, I, I did not know what was going on. But after, like I say, a lot of times, a lot of grinding, I beat it. And then um, I went back, um, went through the game, beat the other weapons. Um, but before I got to the point where I decided like, I wanted to do like the side stuff in the game and, you know, fight the hardest boss you can, you know, I invested a good 70, 80 hours in that game already. Final Fantasies are just long games. Yeah, I'm saying people can't do hearts. Can't do hearts aren't that long if you don't want to, um, you know, do any side missions or anything like that or, you know, get the ultimate weapon. There's not too many side missions in there, um, but the side missions that you do have span the entire length of the game. Like, if you wanted to, like, get the pages for Pooh, that's the, um, we need to go throughout the game and do that to find Pooh's pages, do whatever many games there are. But more than that, if you want the ultimate weapon, you have to do that anyway. So it's like, well, might as well do it on the way. But Final Fantasy is definitely going to be a game I spend a lot of time in. And then hopefully by the time, you know, Budokan Tenkaichi Spider-Man 2 comes out, I've done, well, I'm done with it, but, you know, I've gotten through the main story. I can go and, you know, take my time doing the side stuff. But, <clears throat> oh, man, that's a sign I've been talking too much. But, at any rate, yeah, man, like, if you a gamer, it's, we, we up this year. You know, it's time. A lot of fighting games coming out. A lot of other games coming out, too. You know, I'm just waiting for the Ghost of Tsushima 2. Like, I, I, it's literally a fantastic year to be a gamer. I think this has probably been, like, the best year for gaming that I've ever seen. At, at least as, as far as I've been alive, right? But that's... Oof, man. But also for people who um are up this year, anime fans, right? A lot of anime, like, solo uh, leveling, getting anime that's coming out. You know, I've been keeping track on <clears throat> some of the anime that's getting the second season and all that stuff, and it's it's about to it's about to be fired. Goblin Slayer Two is getting its uh, second season that's coming out sometime this year, um, maybe like in the winter. Um, I would imagine sometime like that. Uh, Spy Family coming out again. Um, what is it called? Death Parade. Death Parade. It's an anime I'm watching now. Um, I think it's called Death Ray. That's getting its second season. Um, it's, it's about to be fire. A lot of this stuff, especially Marshall, Marshall, it's not getting a second season, but that anime just came out as fire. I believe that it should be um, 12 episodes, maybe more than that. I hope it's more than that because, all right, there's an unpopular um, opinion, I think, or I'm just saying it's unpopular because I'm pretty sure a lot of people won't agree with me, but... Not every single anime needs to be split up into seasons, right? And that's what I hate. I would rather wait for an anime to come out and be done than to go through this season bullshit. And let me tell you why. And the perfect example I can give you is Marvel movies, right? And, oh, this is going to lead to a different subject I want to talk about. But for Marvel, I recently watched Spider-Man. Um, I saw Into the Spider-Man first, and I just watched the newest one, right? And 
if if you haven't seen the movie now, I'm not going to spoil it, but just know it ends on a cliffhanger, and you know you're going to have to wait till the next movie comes out in order to, to to figure out what's going on, right? And that's dumb. It's fucking stupid, and I hate it because now I have to wait. I don't know how many more years until they decide to make another Spider-Man Miles Morales movie um, to come out before I figure out what else happened. And it didn't need to be that way. It really didn't, right? They could have just said, all right, you know what? Even if they wanted to break it up into two parts, they should have had it at least to where they could come out somewhat concurrently, right? I don't feel like waiting three years to see another Spider-Man movie because that's probably what's going to happen. It's not going to be in Phase 5. Um, probably not going to be in Phase 6, but we will see. We will see. Um, but I, I, I hate it, right? Because that happens in anime too, right? There was a um, show I was watching, uh, I forget the name of it, but I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool, uh, this is nice, and it's like, oh, second season, and it's like, what? Come on, man, like, don't end it like that. I, I don't want you to end it like that. There was um the one I just finished watching that was like that was um was I got reincarnated in a rest of credit or something like that. Um essentially and that was fun fun fact, I actually read the manga before and I stopped reading it because it was still ongoing and I got to the end of the chapter and just completely forgot about it. But it got placed into a um anime. Uh it got an anime adaptation rather and I was watching, like, oh, you know, it took me a while to realize that I already, like, read some of it. But once I got some, like, oh, yeah, no, cool, whatever. It just ended. Second season is may or may not be pending, right? And it's like, I would I would just rather you delay the anime coming out and just gave it, I don't know, 24 episodes, something like that, and, and, and be done with it. You know, that has happened. That's at least how, when I grew up, that's what anime was like. You know, there were some animes that got second seasons, but for the most part, they finished whatever they needed to within that first season. Um, D. Gray Man was an exception. I, I actually really like D. Gray Man. Um, but it had multiple seasons, you know, some spin also and whatnot. You know, it did. I just think certain things just don't need to be split up because you want to make more money. This happened with um, Attack on Titan. Um... In a number of different ways, because in the beginning, um, everyone was supposed to die in the Attack on Titan series. It was supposed to be a 10, I think, 10-chapter manga, and everybody was supposed to die. However, it got real popular. The creator just decided, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make some more of these people since um, are enjoying it or whatnot. But then we got to the seasons. And, 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 and if you know, you know, because ain't no way you split up your last episode into three parts. Right. So not only did I have to wait for the other seasons to come out, I now have to wait for the last episode to be broken up into parts. And then on top of that, I think there's an OVA that's coming out with the second ending of Attack on Titan. Um, because Attack on Titan had two endings in the manga. Um, I think that's gonna come out, and that's also gonna be in three parts. It's like y'all milking it like people will not care at some point. I have gotten to that point. I stopped watching the Attack on Titan um, anime, mainly because I read the manga. I know how it ends. Same thing with Bleach. Now, without spoiling anything for Bleach, I pray to God that the anime adaptation that they have is different than uh, the manga adaptation when it comes to the ending. Because if they ended the same way they did the manga, people are going to be pissed. I was, I was angry. 
I don't know. I don't know what to think, right? You know, there are some relationships that get confirmed and denied within that uh, last episode. Some relationships that came out left field, but the ending itself, stupid. I think that's because they're gonna try to set up for something else, but I, I highly doubt it. Um, One Piece now. <laughs> y'all y'all kind of taking the L on this one because Oda is actually getting eye surgery so I, I was watching TikTok about it and they are like oh yeah you know people are wishing Oda get well and dude was like hey we need the top doctors and, and from everywhere in the country to get this man's eye surgery correct because if he dies before one piece is finished ooh ooh man that would be a huge L uh, same thing with the um, what's that thing called? Um, not Lord of the Rings. Oh, all escaping me. All escaping me. Uh, with Martin. Um, Song of Fire and Ice. Anyway, it's gonna come back to me when I'm thinking about it. Um, but essentially, um, this is Martin. Uh, R. R. Martin. He had like a bunch of other books that he wants to make. Uh, from what I understand, that's within that series and. He, he's been taking a very long time to do so, and chances are he's probably going to die before it finishes. And people are just going to be left with the uh, ending that happened in uh, the actual uh, HBO adaptation, which, from what I understand, and I, and I watched it too, you know, I was very upset that people died in a way that they shouldn't have died, or some people died. This and it is beside the point, but. If uh yeah, according from and that's just according to him. I think he said he had a lot more he wanted to write. His books are like I don't know, like what five hundred pages, something like that. And he takes his sweet ass time writing it. So chances are, you know, probably probably not gonna get another Song of Fire and Ice book anytime soon or any other adaptations. I don't know why I cannot remember the name of the show, but I remember it's the Song of Fire and Ice, and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna bother me until I remember it, but. This is not the first time this has happened. There has been an anime that uh, was out. Um, I think it's Kaleno Stigma. I think that's what it's called. Where basically, the synopsis of the show, um, this guy is almost like the Avatar, almost, but not really. That's a very horrible way to describe it. But essentially, each clan has like different powers over different elements. You know, this guy was born to like the fire tribe, and people are so excited to see him do his like fire shit. But he wasn't very good at it. So basically, this girl becomes the head of the fire clan when he was supposed to. You know, he gets cast out. Comes to find out, he makes a contract with like the this like wind spirit and becomes like the most powerful wind user that's out there, right? But what happened is that the creator died, right? And so we we no longer know what the fuck was supposed to happen at the end because no one has brought it up, and and. You know, I don't think anyone had like a vision for what was going on, and I think the same thing is is happening for Berserk, kind of because you know the creator of the, uh, Berserk died. However, um, from what I understand, his um, assistant actually knew where he wanted to go with the ending of Berserk. He's going to continue to um, you know put out Berserk. I don't know if that's the case or if that's true or not. That's just something I read in a. Um, one of these like news outlets that were reporting on his death. So that's gonna be interesting to see. Because Berserk is one of my favorite animes, regardless of how you feel about it. You know, it's a good story. Um, I like the plot. And, you know, Guts is one of the only characters that I can say is justified in being a villain from what I've seen. 
So if he wanted to be evil, I would not fault for him. You know, if he's going through, you know, a journey of self-improvement or whatnot. Um, and it gets, it gets screwed over. I ain't gonna lie. But, you know, the content, you know, sexual content, you know, yeah, whatever, right? It happens, boom. But the story itself, if you get past that, great, great show. Recommend it to everybody. Um, but now, in the grand, I'm going to be backtracking on this because I was just talking to my homie about this, right? Marvel Spider-Man. Um, there has been coming to my, t- <laughs> my attention that there's been a lot of controversy surrounding that movie because there are two things that I saw um, that I think are a reach and that people are just trying to reach for. The first is that um, there is, and I'm not being political, uh, even though this is going to be a very political statement. Oh, the next few statements are going to be political statements. Is that one? Gwen Stacy is transgender. Um, that's what they're trying to push. A lot of people in the trans community are trying to push for that because if you have not seen the movie, um, there is a um a couple of pride flags in her role, mainly the most prominent one being the um transgender flag. Um, and just given how she looks, you know, people say, "Oh, she, she's trans. She's going to come out as trans. She's going to come out as trans." Um, and then you have the idea that Michael or Miguel, uh, why well, I said Michael to this guy, Miguel, um, didn't want Miles to be a part of, you know, this whole Spider-Verse collective because he was racist. You know, Miles Morales is like, you know, an Afro-Latino, um, he, you know, black and Hispanic, and I think Miguel is just fully Hispanic, and, you know, people are saying that, you know, that race is out of tone, and they're like, that's the reason why he didn't want Miles in there, both of which are not true, by the way. Um, canonically, Gwen Stacy was always been like an ally of the trans, or not just trans specifically, but, you know, LGBTQ. Um, however, her, herself, she was written as a woman and all that stuff, like a biological woman. Um, and it doesn't look like they've deviated from that, at least from the movie's context. Um, just given it, like, you know, um, think that if it was the case, you know, I, you know, a lot of people were like, um, it's not the fact that, you know, she would be trans, it's just the way that you get to that reasoning is unreasonable to think, right? Um, and, you know, there has always been this sort of case where, you know, people have rewritten um, continuities just to fit, you know, be more inclusive or fight um, certain things when it comes to, like, racism, sexism, and all that stuff. And unfortunately, what happens is when you do that, you uh, ignore a lot of the character's history. Um, instead of just, you know, changing the history of a character to try and make it fit, just make a different character. Uh, my example of this is... <clears throat> Let me go both ways, and I'll give you examples of both. Uh, my first example of this is, you know, Superman. The, the newest comic that I've been, I've been trying to come out uh, is that they've made Superman gay. Uh, he no longer is with Lois Lane. He's with someone else. And a lot of people were upset because canonically it's always been, you know, Superman and, and Lois. And, you know, just to change that to ignore the character's history, you know, goes like a spit in the face to, like, all the fans out there, right? You know, even when uh, they tried to do this with Spider-Man, because, you know, it's always been Spider-Man and um, Mary Jane. When they introduced, you know, uh, Stacy Gwynn and all that stuff, people hated it from what I understood. People, like, Stacy is, <clears throat> at least in, like, the original, not like Spider-Woman, like the original uh, uh, Stacy Gray. She is one of the most hated um, 
female characters that Spider-Man has been with because she broke the norm of Mary Jane, right? And <clears throat> well, people are upset about that. Like people don't like when you know you change the continuity of things just to sort of fit a certain narrative. Um, <clears throat> so if you've you know kept up with that controversy. Then yeah, you would know that a lot of people were very, very upset that they made Superman gay. So, you know, instead of just making, you know, like an own gay superhero that they can have, then then in which case, no one can canonically be angry about that, right? You know, my example for that is Iceman. If you know who Iceman is, he's an X-Man. Um, Omega level, he's really powerful mutant. Because I think he's gay. He's always been gay. You know, it would be a slap in the face to, you know, his fans or, you know, people who enjoy the character of Iceman if they made a movie adaptation and, you know, Iceman was in a heterosexual relationship. I personally would not stand for that because that's not his character. He's not a heterosexual man. He's a gay man, right? You know, it, it goes both ways. For, for me specifically, you know, I can't speak on everyone else, but, you know, if you want to change certain things, like, you know, you're going to be met with backlash. And it takes a lot more to undo a history of a character or of an event than it does just something to make a new character. Now, I will say, in today's society, it will be a lot harder to make um, these characters, right? You know, it, it'll be a lot harder to make a gay superhero because a lot of people are just homophobic. You know, it, it'll be hard to make, you know, another black character because a lot of people are racist. You can do it. You're going to have a, a very niche audience at first, but I think if you have, you know, good storytelling, um, you know, good character design, you know, compelling characters, you know, that won't matter. You'll gain notoriety and you'll gain fans. Um, there is, <laughs> now this is funny, so, um, there is this comic book character that I recently learned about who was supposed to be Marvel's first, um, black superhero, um, not static or blue Marvel, um, and his, his name was going to be the Black Bomber, and essentially, um, someone made a parody, it's a black guy who made this character, so keep that in mind when I give you this description, so, he made a parody, a parody character of that particular character, and he named it the Brown Bomber. And he was a canonical, he was a racist, right? Huge racist, a racist of the soldier. And so um, what he did was he, he got powers, and when he got his powers, he turned to a black man, right? But the way he activated his powers was he said the N-word. I'm talking N-word, hard E-R, and then he would, like, basically do like a Sazam, you know, black Adam X transformation. It turned to a black dude, right? Now, 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 I laugh because I I can only imagine how that would go over in today's society, right? He'll be dead. He'll be dead, right? He he would be absolutely crucified, you know, if, if someone were to make a comic book like that today. Now, there will be some people who would enjoy it. You know, there'd be, uh, maybe not the racist people, but there will be people who would enjoy it. One, because it would be funny. It'd be funny to see, right? You know, um, you know, a white guy turned to a black guy. Uh, side note, there's actually a movie of something similar happened. It's called, um, was it Watermelon Skin or something like that? No, I forget. Watermelon Man. That's what it's called, Watermelon Man. Well, basically, this is white dude, pretty racist, um, or not as racist as he could be. You know, it's like one of those like overt racist things. Uh, same with his wife and all that stuff. And so what happens is that one day he wakes up, he's a black man, life turns up down upside down, have to deal with a bunch of black 
um, issues, right? Getting on the bus, people are confused that it's him and all that stuff. And then the movie ends, um, in a very weird note, it just ends with him and a bunch of other black people just taking self-defense classes, right? They're in a, um, I guess, closet, not, not closet, but like a, a warehouse or something like that. And, you know, they're just doing karate, you know, learning self-defense. That's how it ends. But to get back to the original, <laughs> the reason why I brought that up is because if those things were made today, the person who made them would get fucking annihilated, right? And the and, and and really the that idea got shot down because it was kind of far fetched. Now granted, this was during like the superhero era, like when superheroes first started coming out, you know, people were a lot more um willing to push the envelope when it came to supervillains and superheroes. Um I can give you another example. There is um this I think she's a hero. I, you know, I, I and I admittedly don't know much about this character because she's absurd. So basically, there's this character. Her name is Heavy Flow. And from the name, you can suggest or gather what her power was. You know, you know she would the way she would use her powers is that you know she would bend over and just you know blast the villain or whatnot. You know, with with with, with period blood, right? And it would it wouldn't just be like a blast. It would be like a stream, almost like a fire hose, and it would come out with such force, and then it would push people in the walls and stuff like that. And and now, granted, she died, right? So now she didn't die from blood loss or anything like that. They just killed off her character. She was only in a few instances, but to me, that's fucking absurd. And I was wondering why they would make a character like that. You know, like were they trying to be more? Um, I, I don't know, sympathetic to people with menstrual cycles, like when they're trying to include, you know, those people. I, I don't know. But when you circumvent that, you know, it's a lot easier. Like, that that would be more acceptable than for them to, let's say, I don't know, take um, uh, Elastigirl. Not Elastigirl. Uh, what's another one? Um, Scarlet Witch, right? Let's say they took the Scarlet Witch and, you know, Everybody knows her powers, her backstory, and all that stuff canonically. And it's going, you know what? We're going to give her the ability to just projectile her period blood everywhere, right? A lot of people would be upset because then, you know, you change a, a, a character in such a way that they're not the same character. And a lot of people who are fans of that character, right, will not like it. I think that's mainly what's happening here with like the um Gwen Stacy thing is that, you know, it's not necessarily their problem if she was trans, at least not to me, right? All right. Uh, that stuff doesn't matter. I'm just giving you arguments for, you know, the stuff I've seen. And it's like it would be easier just to make another character, right? Marvel has the liberty, and I do mean the liberty of making any character that they want and, you know, making it canonical and stuff like that. Um, you know, like just and look at Spider Verse, right? Spider Verse is a bunch of different interpretations of Spider Man that they make work. You know, if they want to make a universe where um, Gwen Stacy was trans, they definitely could. And I think they did. I think they made one where she was a lesbian. Um, I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I can't remember, but you know, in her line of comics, you know, it's not far fetched, right? You know, they can do that, but. It, it it seems like the version of Gwen Stacy that they're using is what would be the issue, 
right? That would just be like if they made Peter Parker black, and instead of calling him Miles Morales, it would just be blah, blah, black Peter Parker, which is not the same, right? They're, they're different. You know, Miles Morales is different from Peter Parker. And, you know, when they introduced him, they did it as such. And at first, a lot of people weren't rocking with Miles. You know, a lot of people hated him, but now look at him. He's gained more notoriety. You know, he has different powers. They made him into his own character that a lot of people are now in love with. And, you know, that's something that I think should happen more often, where it's just like, you know, like make a character their own instead of just trying to rewrite, you know, the backstory and history of another character, right? But also, the other issue with this that was with the in the movie that I saw was the whole like you know the racist undertones of oh yeah you know they don't want Malcolm Ross in there because he's black. Never mind the fact that Hoagie, the Spider Man that's in there, is black, right? Uh, he's, he's European black. Uh, Miguel is. I think he's just Hispanic, but he might be another Afro-Latino. I'm not 100% sure. But the reason why they did not want him in the Spider-Verse is because he fundamentally was not supposed to have the uh, Spider-Man uh, powers. He wasn't supposed to do it. Um, the spider that bit him came from another dimension and therefore, you know, changed, you know, the life of the course of what was going on there. And because he didn't follow the you know, canon event, you know, he was an anomaly, right? You know, the best example that I can give from another franchise is Professor Zoom. You know, Professor Zoom can be pretty much, in, like, he can go back in time, and there can be multiple versions of Professor Zoom because he's an anomaly, right? Because he was displaced from his time stream, he can do things in other time streams and in other versions of the universe and still come back and still be fine, right? That's the same principle with Miles Morales because <clears throat> he wasn't supposed to get the spy powers. The fact that he did is an anomaly, right? You know, so anything he does can affect everything else, you know, in a way that's unforeseen, right? You know, if like the, the you know, people start like, oh, what's your canon event? Canon event, right? But if you have someone who, um, you know, can disrupt that. You never know what's gonna happen, right? You know what? Um, there was. I don't want to put this like. Let's say, for example, right? There was a person that was supposed to. I don't know. Get killed, get murdered, something like that, right? Or you know, let's say you believe that everyone has a destiny, and you wonder, you know, what would happen if you know something different happened. So you go to a fortune teller. And they tell you how you're going to die, right? You're going, oh, you're going to be shot, I don't know, in an alley or something like that, right? And <clears throat> you try and find ways to, you know, circumvent that. But ultimately, you know, no matter what you do, you're going you're gonna to get shot in that alley. However, right, let's say then that there's a person who wasn't supposed to be there, right? You know, he was supposed to be there. And for whatever reason, he stops you from getting shot, right? Then you don't know what's supposed to happen next because let's say after that, you know, your child saw that he became Batman, right? <laughs> but because you saved him, there is now no Batman. And which was exactly what happened in Peter and uh not Peter Parker. Well, the alternate version of, you know, Miles Morales that he went to is that because, you know, Peter didn't get bit by the spider, 
dealing with no Spider-Man in that particular universe. And so it was crime everywhere, villains running amok and all that stuff. And and that's why he didn't necessarily want Miles Morales to be a part of this because he was a variable that if you introduced him into another universe, you wouldn't know what would happen. It's not because he's racist, right? You know, the people like, oh, he ignored like, no, he talked to Miles, you know, explained that to him, you know, in that little fight, he was like, yeah, you know, you're not supposed to exist. Because you don't exist, there's a universe out there that doesn't have a Spider-Man, and they are fucking going through it, right? And, you know, now he's trying to, you know, go save everything and all that stuff, but I just think, also, part of race baiting, now, granted, everyone who I've seen making these arguments have been black people, and unfortunately, not everything is about race, um, especially that. Now, I can understand, right, me as a black person, I, I can understand, right? Racism is a horrible thing, you know, black people always be on a short end of the stick, right? But don't go out of your way to make things racist when they don't have to be, right? There was nothing in that sort of exchange that Miles and Miguel had that indicated that he didn't like Miles simply because he was black, or part black, right? There was nothing to indicate that, right? Um, I, and again, if there was, you know, I would understand. I would understand someone making an argument, but there's nothing, right, that, that really is, is the people pushing, like, that narrative onto a movie, right? And if, and if anything, right, I would say, you know, the, the one thing that they were trying to push, at least in the beginning, you know, was Miles and uh, Gwen Stacy, right? Spider, spot, not Gwen. Yeah, Gwen. You know, you know, he he he's in love with her, you know, she secretly liked him and all that stuff. Interracial relationship could potentially happen, she's gonna save him. I don't fucking know. But that seemed to be a point that they were pushing more than the whole, oh, um, Miguel is racist and this movie is racist because they want to purposely exclude the black person because he's black. Not the reason they want to exclude him. It, I'm getting I'm getting heated. But yeah, no, it's that's what that's just one of the things I also hear is just like not everything has to fit in a narrative that you want it to. And if it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to force it. You know, I'm one of those people that believes if you look hard enough for something, you're going to find it, you know, and because you're going to find ways to justify it in your head, you're going to go through some sort of mental gymnastics to sort of reach that conclusion. You know, even if facts contrary to what you believe are the same, right? Like, example, um, let's say, you know, someone gets falsely accused of raping someone, right? And, you know, it's been confirmed. Um, and so this huge news case has been confirmed on TV. The person lied. Um, they have evidence. They have a video recording of the person saying that they lied. There will still be people out there who will look at this person and call him a rapist. Even though they know the fact that he didn't do it, you know, and all that stuff or something like that. That's still going to happen because that's like now that they have that perception that's what they want and they're going to find every sort of instance that they can to sort of keep that bias in their head and make it about something that it's not now like I said I necessarily don't like that there was nothing in that movie that indicated any of that right and I watched the movie twice right I, I saw it twice rather um because the first time I watched it um, I just watched it to watch it a second time. I watched it just because I wanted to see if there were like, any Easter eggs. Um, kind of like they were in the Mario movie, right? I wanted to see if there like, had any like, sort of like hidden nod or anything like that, like they did in the Mario movie. Um, that's why I watched it a second time. 
but nothing indicated um, that Ma was gay or when was transgender. Um, yeah, I rambled long enough. This has been like a pretty long, <laughs> like hour long episode of me just talking and making mistakes and probably getting canceled. But you know what? That's fine. Next episode, I'm going to be back here. Um, I don't know what I want to do next episode. I might do an episode. So I figured that from now on, the people that I sort of bring on, or not bring on, the people that I talk about and share their songs on will be, you know, less known rappers. Uh, so you know what? I think next episode, and I'm going to mispronounce his name. Definitely going to mispronounce the name. But the next rapper is going to be Froggy War. I think that's how you say his name. Um, yeah, so hopefully y'all enjoy it. And I will see y'all in the next episode.